<laughs> but the Matrix isn't real, Ian. What? Don't you know that? But it's supposed to be a realistic simulation, so like... Did I just blow your fucking mind? <laughs> This podcast contains explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Thundercast. My name is Lucas. My name is Christian. And I'm Liam, here of another podcast that just talks about movies. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, today we are coming to you live from comfy clothes. Yep. Uh, currently, the only kinds of clothes. The comfiest of clothes. Yep. Two out of the three of us are currently wearing sweatpants. I don't know. I think Liam's not wearing pants. I would I would I would wager to bet that. Which is also comfy clothes. Oh. Yes, that's true. Alright. Well <laughs> as per usual, when we do not record for a month, <laughs> things are a little <laughs> bit wonky at the beginning. <laughs> And we are also uh, sponsored by our patrons, our patrons, people who give us money for some reason. That's right. You'll get a special shout out at the end of the show. Yeah, exactly. Well, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thanks. All right, cut the music. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> All right, let's jump right into the ingestion. Um, before the show, we agreed that I would go first. Because, hey, prepared. because Liam and Lucas both saw something together that I know they are most likely going to talk about a little bit longer than I'm going to talk about the things that I'm going to talk about. So um, right off the hop, I would like to get, do a very special shout out to Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, which is now my new favorite fucking video game. Um, it is a remaster of the original Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, remaster from the ground up. Um, a lot of the the original music is still there, plus or minus some new songs, uh, and it functions. It works the same way. There's some added sorry added um, uh, elements from like the later games, like wall plant invert and stuff like that that you can do in it. Uh, but it is just outstanding, and the price point is totally worth it. Um, so yeah, special shout out to Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One and Two, which has now become my new favorite video game. Um, <clears throat> Moving on, though, uh, I think one thing that I do want to talk about uh, that I've been watching a lot of is um, the stupid goddamn horse show. Yeah, you, so. you, 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 yeah, it, it took him long enough, but he finally decided to listen to us. So I'm watching BoJack Horseman now. I like it a lot. <laughs> I hate that I like it because I hate that fucking horse so much. I oh, hate man, that Bojack horse. Bojack is he's a horrible, horrible horse. He is... <laughs> so awful and yep. he can do so much better mm-hmm. but he just outright refuses um there is a scene in i think it's season four at end of season three when todd like just comes unglued on him well yeah and todd just reigns into him because bojack basically says well like oh man i'm so sorry like i won't do it again he's like no you're not allowed to do that you can't yeah. just keep apologizing for all these things you have to do better you, mm-hmm. you have to be a better person. You can't just keep saying you're sorry. And then yeah. that's like the end of their friendship at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, or they, they might come back. I don't know. I'm only on season four, but only on season four. Uh, there's five seasons. Out of six. Uh, no, it's amazing. An animated show for adults that sh- holds its characters accountable. About a horse. Yeah. yeah. There's a horse <laughs> like lobotomy. It's, 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 yeah, there's a horse lobotomy. Yeah. <laughs> Like, the fact that BoJack Horseman is as good as it is, is, like, I feel like it's not allowed. No, it's wrong. Because it's, it's a stupid show about an alcoholic cartoon horse. Yep. And his <laughs> stupid fucking horse, uh, not horse friend, dog friend, barely friend. 
I do. Um, I know this his is cat girlfriend. His ex cat girlfriend. Imagine the baby they would have. But also, I've I've discovered. I didn't realize that like in the show, it's like if if a if a human and a horse or whatever or a deer for that matter um, hook up, then you know it just like it doesn't matter. They don't have like weird hybrid animals. It's like no. you either have a you either have a deer baby or you have a human baby. There's no. That's it's not. Don't don't think too hard about it. No, this yeah. is not Avatar: The Last Airbender. No. <laughs> and the saber tooth moose lions. I I don't think I've ever been more angry at a character than I have in that show, specifically in the episode. So spoilers for those of you at home. I'm gonna try and not spoil spoil it too much. But uh, there's a bit where Bojack goes to New Mexico to visit uh, one of his ex-girlfriends who now has a family. And uh, she has a young 17-year-old daughter um, who is a deer. Um, kind of irrelevant, but she is a deer. and uh, Or a fawn or whatever. Not a fawn. Whatever. She's, she's not a horse. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Bojack and her go to prom. And Bojack supplies her and her friends with alcohol. And one of her friends gets alcohol poisoning and almost dies. And he convinces his her, her date to basically say that he was not there, that he did nothing wrong, and that he, you know, this is just kids being kids. Like, it's fine. And then he fucks off and goes back to the house where he then tries to sleep with her mother, the deer's mother. Um, she rejects him. So he then, well... Having said that, too, her daughter came on to Bojack, and he was like, "Whoa, no, not cool." And I was like, "Oh, good, Bojack, good. Like you're 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 making an okay decision." And then he and tries he to sleep with her mom, and then he goes and tries, to, and then she, the younger daughter, comes in and tries to sleep with Bojack, and the the mom walks in while that's happening, like just before yeah, it's about to happen. And I was like, "Can you get make... fucked, you stupid fucking horse? Yeah, I hate Bojack you." Bojack makes the worst possible decision he could make in a situation like that. I was so yep. mad. I was so mad. Just be better, you stupid horse. Yeah, um, and that's uh, that. Actually, that scene contains one of my favorite moments in the show when Charlotte, uh, the uh, uh, the mother in that situation, uh, just tells Bojack, like, if you're not out of my driveway in 30 minutes, I'm calling the police, and if you ever contact me or my family again, I will fucking kill you. Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. It's like in the and the way she, the way that actress, I don't know who played her, but the it's way Olivia Wilde. Oh, it is Olivia, yeah. Olivia Wilde, right? The way she delivers that line, if, if you ever contact me and my family again, I will fucking kill you, is so powerful. Yeah, very Even just punchy. like the slight music they have playing over that line. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Anyway, good show. I hate it. The <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Next up, uh, so Liam and I actually watched a couple movies together along with uh, one of our uh, patrons. Um, so thanks, Manos. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, no, this is not a perk. This is not a, a <laughs> it's not a new perk. You don't get to watch movies with us. It's just, a, he just happens to live in our city. He's a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we watched, uh, I lost my body on uh, Netflix. Oh, yeah, there. yeah. Yeah. Have you, was... have you seen it, Lucas? Yeah. Yeah. I talked about yeah. it on the show before. Oh, right, right, right. It's really fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. It's exceptional. It's so good. It's very sad, but in the best way. Mm -hmm. Like not sad like Bojack. Like I feel good watching this movie because yeah. it's a, it's about letting go and mm -hmm. it, but it's a growing beyond yourself. It's like like an it's like an existentialist's wet dream. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you that need a refresher of what happens in the movie, um, basically, this uh, young man loses his hand, and the whole movie is a, basically about the hand trying to find its owner. 
um, again. Thus, I lost my body. Um, intercut with um, with footage like, from the past leading up to the point where the individual loses his hand. Um, I don't want to say anything else because that anything else will ruin that movie 100%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it was not what I expected going into it. I thought it was just going to be about a disembodied hand. Just just <laughs> I mean, parading it, around. It, Watching uh watching that movie makes me even made me even more mad that this year at the Oscars they dis- they Academy decided to grandfather the award towards Disney yeah because I'm like this could have been like a great gateway to actually get more animated movies out there for adults and prove that a- and actually prove to more people that animation can leap can leap so many bounds yeah and foreign animation too of all things yeah right? did you guys watch it in English or French French yeah nice. we watched it in French with the subtitles um. Yeah, it just felt right. <laughs> I yeah, I watched it in English because at the time when I watched it, I watched it on Netflix as well. Uh, maybe maybe my browser was just messing up or something, but there was no French option. Oh, weird. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's good. I like it a lot, so I highly recommend that one. And then uh, Liam and I watched a fun little movie. It's a sequel to a sequel, and that movie is called Bill and Ted Face the Music. And <laughs> I fucking loved it. I, I wa- liked I've, it a lot. I watched it twice, and the second time I watched it, I cried. Um, I cried like a little baby at the end <laughs> so- because it's just so heartwarming, but also so dumb, but okay, and so- and also so unrealistic, and that's what made me cry because I was like, "There is no way anything like this could ever happen. We <laughs> we can we cannot do the thing that Bill and Ted just did, and we can't save the world with music." And I was like so sad. And then I listened to the song, and the song is so good. It's so goddamn good. It's it's no right to be as good as it is. And oh, I was gonna so say mad. that. I'm um, just because Bill and Ted Face of Music was on my list as well. Yeah. Um. But so uh, when it was announced, like obviously I was excited, but I was also very cautiously optimistic because, let's face it, late late sequels don't tend to turn out very good that often. Yeah. Like, I was really scared that it was going to be another Blues Brothers 2000 or Kingdom of a Crystal Skull. But no, like, it uh, was it It was what I wanted from a uh, late Bill and Ted sequel. Like, uh, was it Keanu and Alex Winter uh, slip right back into their roles? Yeah, it's like, it's it's quite unbelievable how Keanu doesn't seem like he's changed since 92 or whatever, and whenever Bogus came out. I was kind of cons- concerned that we were only going to see, that I was kind of only going to be seeing Keanu given... We know Keanu the way we do now. But no, no, he slips he's right Ted. back in. He's Ted. <laughs> I sent Lucas and Liam a uh, a meme the other day that's of um it's of this guy interviewing Keanu Reeves and he says, So was it hard getting like getting Bill's voice back? Was it hard getting back into the character of Bill? And Keanu sits there for a second and he puts the mic up and he goes, I played Ted. <laughs> and then the guy gets up and walks away and he's like yeah you walk away you have you have lost all your right right now <laughs> um i was also gonna say that like i was also concerned a little concerned about alex winter because he hasn't been an actor for years no no um but and from what i understand he had to take acting classes to uh get how uh, was it to make sure that he could do it again but he's great like he gets yeah. right back into it yeah i mean um, there's one thing that i'm not a huge fan of with the movie and then that's um, we have Bill and Ted's daughters in the movie, um, played by Samara, Sam, Samara Weaving. Samara Weaving. Samara and, Weaving. Uh, and Billy, uh, uh, was it Laundry Payne, I think her name is. Yeah, so Samara Weaving from uh, Ready or Not, and then um, Billy from, she's in uh, Atypical. That's where I know her from. Uh, but anyway, they, 
it's not it's obvious that they're gonna get a lot of screen time because it seems like if this does really well then maybe they'll get their own movie you know that's kind of what it seemed like they were going for and like they get a lot of screen time and it's not that they're bad it's just that they're trying so hard to be bill and ted and you see i don't i don't really think that's it i think it's more so the fact that this movie in a lot of places has the um pacing problem that bogus journey had just sure. like in the way the story moves and like how long we decide to sit on a scene or whatnot oh fair yeah 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 so i feel like just the way it's paced or whatnot it really feels like it's them but i think it's just the scenes themselves overstaying their welcome like because i had the same thing when like uh they go to see death again and uh spoilers and death's that, in the movie <laughs> well everybody knows that yeah it's in the drama. um which I mean, but that's a shock because like death is was the funniest part of Bogus Journey, mm-hmm. and they got William <laughs> Sadler back and whatnot. Nice. Yeah. So like again, I think it's more of a pacing thing than anything. Yeah, fair enough. I don't agree, but that's fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty much it for for me on my end. I know Liam's probably gonna bring up one or two more things that he and I watch together, but um, yeah, Liam, you want to take it away? Uh, for sure. <clears throat> so uh, I guess I'll start with something. Uh, Oh, was it just a couple things I watched on my own? Um, I watched uh, Guy Ritchie's newest film, The Gentleman. And uh, thank God we actually have a good Guy Ritchie movie again. <laughs> like, this one is very much in the style of um, Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels and Snatch. Yeah. Are there, there, are there, there's, no, uh, there's no knights named Mike? Yeah, there is no, <laughs> nut, there is no knight named Mike and there is no mage named Jack. <laughs> Jack. <laughs> Um, Mike. <laughs> um, but like, uh, I very much enjoyed it. Like, I don't think it's great by any means, and it's definitely not a movie for anybody, uh, for everybody. <laughs> it's not a movie for. It's anybody. not a movie for anybody. <laughs> uh, like, uh, like some of the humor is definitely going to offend some people, but you could get that just by watching the trailer. Yeah. Like, mm. there's one point in the trailer where uh, they have this uh, one character whose name is Fa Hook. Um, and he's this Vietnamese guy, and they open and they have him in the back of a car, and uh, yeah, I was, and it's like, and Colin Farrell saying something, like, and or Charlie Hunnam says like, "Who's this?" And Colin Farrell says something like, "Well, this is uh, Fahuk with a ph or whatnot." He's freaking, and we're going back and forth, and he's freaking out. It's like, shut the fuck up, Fahuk, or yep. something like that, or yeah, okay. yeah. So it's <laughs> like, uh, yeah. So <laughs> if that's something that's going to offend you, like maybe stick away. But I mean, I don't. I mean. I acknowledge that can be upsetting for some, but I, that doesn't hit my limits. <laughs> but fuck you. <laughs> um, I will say, uh, I was the biggest thing I'll give it is the whole cast. The whole cast is great. Uh, Matthew McConaughey is awesome in this. Uh, uh, it's probably the best I've ever seen Charlie Hunnam. Like, not that I dislike Charlie Hunnam or anything. I just, uh, I, don't, I just like I think he can be good, but a lot of the time I think he's just pretty meh. Yeah, he's more of a character actor than he is like a lead guy. Because even in like Pacific Rim, the person who shines out more is Idris Elba in that movie. Yeah, mm. and uh, the I forget her name, but who plays uh, Mako? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but like uh, and then like Colin Farrell's very funny in it. Uh, um, the best part though by far is Hugh Grant. Like yeah. he's unrecognizable. <laughs> he's a completely different character. Um. His whole his whole character is that like he's a uh, he's trying he's a guy who's trying to blackmail them by he's apparently spied on them and written events on every crime that's taken place with them and he's written it in the form of his form as a screenplay and they use that <laughs> as a framing device as a way to uh, recount everything that's going on. 
That's that's pretty funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. If uh, if you like Guy Ritchie, uh, uh, what is it? Or at least like good Guy Ritchie, I would very much recommend watching it. Um, and uh, I think also why I liked it is because it feels like the last kind of these movies, like because we never get movies like this anymore, and it was just kind of refreshing to see that again. Yeah, like oh, heist yeah. heist comedies. Yeah, just like very like just really crude, raunchy uh, British crime capers. Yeah, which I'm always a sucker for. <laughs> um, then uh, for um, then for uh, I watched this with Christian because I'd never seen it before, or at least I'd seen parts of it as a kid, but never actually the whole thing. I watched the Frighteners. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yep. Great um, movie. One of uh, Peter, we're gonna talk. Uh, we're gonna talk about it a lot more later, but yep. <laughs> yeah, one of uh Peter one of uh Peter Jackson's earlier films. Yeah, I believe it's his second uh th- third major motion picture cuz he did or fourth cuz he did Meet the Feebles. Um he did Heavenly Creatures and Dead Alive or Brain Dead. Um and then uh, they did The Frighteners and originally it was supposed to be directed by uh Zemeckis and then Zemeckis and was like does uh, kind of show. Yeah, and then he was like, eh, why don't we get my buddy Pete to do it?" And then Peter did it. Peter Jackson did it. And Michael, it's uh, Michael very J. Fox. much a Peter Jackson movie. Yeah. Gary Busey's so, like, in it, too. Or not Gary, Jake Busey. Like, if you don't <laughs> like the way Peter Jackson sh- sets up shots or whatnot, or the way like he does like those really wide-angle close-ups, you're not going to enjoy this. Yeah, no. Mm. Well, I mean, I will say it's not as overbearing as it is in, like, uh, Fellowship, because I was also watching uh, Lord of the Rings a couple of days ago. Yeah. And I'm like, shit, Peter Jackson really loves his wide-angle close-ups. And it's also a movie that doesn't stop moving. Oh, it moves. Like, we took, we paused it for a second because I think I had to, like, go to the bathroom or something. And I was it, and we looked at the timestamp. I was like, shit, it, it's already been an hour? Yeah. It, honestly, like, it, there's co- movement constantly. And when it is still, it's very, like, intentionally, like, still. Like, you're, you're supposed – you're obviously supposed to – that's good filmmaking. Is that you? You feel the the mo- the momentum slow down. You're supposed to listen to what they're saying, feel for the characters, and then oh no, ghosts! Ah. No, I <laughs> ghosts say, everywhere. Uh, so like, uh, I like uh, Michael J. Fox a lot in this role, like just because it's very different from what you, you what you've usually seen him do and whatnot. Yeah, I told Liam it's two. It was two years before he came out and said that he had Parkinson's before he, he came out and like announced yeah, and it. He had already known he had had it for like three years or so before that. Yeah, and you can see it um he's, yeah, he's like scenes. he he's never not moving like um and oh, when yeah. if he is sitting still there's still something about him that's like a little bit of a rock or, or a move yeah so he, you could tell that he was on the downspin which is good that he gave such a kick-ass performance um while just learning that he had parkinson's right yeah yeah and like or just starting tough. to learn how to deal with it um also, uh, my favorite actor in the movie, good old Jeffrey Combs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, Jeffrey Combs is a riot in that movie. My body is a temple. <laughs> have you ever seen like, it, Lucas? Uh, I have not. Oh, you you know, uh, I will say that uh, I think part of it is Jeffrey Combs is one of those really weird actors who I can't help but love. <laughs> yeah. Like, just he, love, like, the reanimator fame or whatnot. He's constantly making this, like, weird, like, this face. Kind of like this grimace, <laughs> and he's like always scared, and like his mouth and just is quivering. The way he talk, the way he talks, yeah. very much almost like an echo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's pretty Frank good. Frank Bannister. Frank Bannister. Frank Bannister. Um, 
1993. And uh, the last thing I'll talk about on my own, because uh, the oh, was it because of the next thing I'm just going to talk about with Lucas is uh, I finally saw Hereditary. Mm-hmm. Another one I showed oh, okay. him. Yeah, we had we've had a couple of movie nights in the past little while. Yeah, <laughs> I still haven't seen Hereditary. It's really um, good. I, I kind of loved it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's one of the most impressive horror films I've seen in a very long time. Though I do agree with Christian's criticism that maybe the ending does explain a little too much. But it's just really wordy. Yeah, mm. no, but I'm but that's a thing where I'll just I'll just give it that. Yeah, it's first um, movie. Like, like I said to Liam, it's first movie syndrome. And you could tell the the studio was like, "Look, we love what you did, but general audiences aren't going to understand what you're what you're getting at. Oh, like, yeah. you need to write something here that just explains what is happening on screen, so people can actually understand and be like, oh, fuck, uh, you know, when they walk out of the theater.' So, uh, I've also noticed that like, he's only made two movies, but Ari Aster tends to make movies that are like easy to praise but hard to recommend." Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is another great example of that, but I do think that this one might be a little bit more accessible than Midsummer was. Sure, sure. Oh, yeah, I accept that criticism. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not criticism. It's just more so the fact that Midsummer, like, Hereditary is an easier film to market, I think, than Midsummer is. Yeah, for sure. An e- easier film to get people into the theater to go see. Yeah, here's Tony Collette, and here is what's his name? Gabriel Byrne. Yeah, here's Alex Gabriel Wolf. Byrne. Here, Alex Wolf. You know who, uh, and then here's no, this the... movie about about a festival with a bunch of fucking nobodies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but like the whole cast is great. Um, this is like, uh, like again, if I was impressed with uh, Ari Aster's work behind the camera in uh, Midsummer, like uh, I'm conti- like, I was a given. I've watched Phone of Order. It's weird saying this, but I'm a bit, I'm in, I continue to be impressed by what he does or whatnot. Yeah. Um, and again, I don't really want to talk too much about it because. Even though it's been two years, like I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, um, I especially uh, like I would uh, love Lucas to see it because there's mm-hmm. some moments in it that are just beautifully chaotic, and a few other scenes that are just very gross. <laughs> oh no, there's one moment <laughs> that actually uh, uh, was it. There's one moment about like I think it's before the third act or something, where um I remember I looked over at uh I was a Christian I was like this is really fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much what my ingestion, ingestion was. Everything else I've watched, I don't really want to talk about. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, now that it's my turn, Liam, I'm going to immediately drag you back in. Uh, <laughs> uh, Liam and I uh, saw Tenet, yeah. Christopher Nolan's most recent movie. Thanks for the invite. Yeah. We invited you. You did. I know. I was saying thank you for inviting me. Sorry. Yeah. It came out the wrong way. He was just saying it funny. Um, and uh, in short, this is, I think, my least favorite Nolan movie. Yeah. Uh, he. It, it's. I think. I think after we saw it, I think. I think Liam. I think it was Liam who said that this is like the most Nolan-y movie Nolan has ever made, but not really in a good way. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know if that was you who said that or if you were quoting someone else. I can't no, remember. I was. No, that's what I was thinking after it. I was going to say yeah. straight up that, like, because I didn't hate this movie. I didn't even really dislike it. Mm-hmm. I just uh, wasn't very impressed by it. And yeah. I think a lot of it is I feel like Nolan took every single criticism that he has ever received and just doubled down on it. Mm-hmm. Which 
drives me crazy when anybody does it. Oh, you don't like loud yeah. movies? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh you, God, like no, hear, this... you like hearing what characters are saying? Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to no, understand even... anything people are saying. What's this? You want a straight line movie that makes sense? Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> but the like... thing about like the whole sci-fi, I don't, I don't like... I, I didn't know really what the sci-fi element of this movie was going in, so I don't really want to spoil it, but like they explain it in the most roundabout convoluted way. It's pretty simple. Yeah. Like, the like, actual remember... concept is very simple, but for some reason they, 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 they describe it like in this weird way that like that it won't make sense until the end of the movie when you could have explained it pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah, like you and I were uh, driving, because well, obviously uh, we were in the car or whatnot after, and uh, mm-hmm. and we were discussing it. And I was saying, like, once everything really comes together, I'm like, or I mean, even before that, like, once some everything clicks, I'm kind of like, this is like the easiest shit in the world to understand. Why why did you have to explain it this way, Nolan? Yeah, it's weird. And, and you hear a lot of people complaining. I tweeted about it, how you can't understand what anyone is saying like half the time like i'm sure this movie would have made a lot more sense if i could understand more than 50 percent of the dialogue sure like it's like between the music and the sound effects all being mixed at like the same level it's so hard to understand what people are saying and it's like, okay I don't to bring the music why... down a little bit when people are talking it's okay yeah. Yeah. like first like nolan has said in, in interviews that he considers uh dialogue and sound effects to be kind of the same thing like he, he considers dialogue to be another sound effect. And I'm like, bro, you make really complicated movies. Yeah. Like we got to know what people are saying. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. That is something that I do believe can work. Not for mm. a movie like this. No, it worked in Dunkirk, I think. I think it, it sure. worked fairly well there because it's, um, it's a war movie. Like it's, it's a chaotic situation. You would miss things that people are saying. But it's this, we need, when, when half the dialogue is exposition, we need to know what they're saying. Yeah. There's also the problem of uh, the thing that I've talked about with Nolan, which is Nolan has lost his grasp on how to make you care about anything that's going on outside of a spectacle. Mm-hmm. Like the spectacle uh, is very cool, though. A lot, yeah, of, a lot like, of the spectacle is awesome. But like the only reason I remember any of the characters is mainly just the performances the actors were giving. Like, because Nolan yeah. keeps everybody at such arm's length, uh, was it, or even further, it's like, how uh, was it? He keeps everybody at a social distance. <laughs> um, <laughs> So like it's so it's like just in and Venver points where he's trying to like make you really feel sympathy, particularly with one character. But I'm like, you're just so nothing of a person or a character. But I'm like, it's really hard to care. Yeah, all, all the all the heart in this movie comes from the actors. Like, there's not a lot of heart in the script. Like, uh, Robert Pattinson is very very good. And what was the main actor? Was that John David Washington? Is that mm-hmm. yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's also very very good. I liked uh, Elizabeth um, Debicki quite a bit. Yep. Yep. And Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. Kenneth, Kenneth Branagh is playing the role you would hire <laughs> Kenneth Branagh to play in a movie like this. He's he he is the reason that that villain works. If it wasn't Kenneth Branagh, I don't know if that would work very well. well especially so given good. that what his story kind of really comes down to in the end or whatnot. I'm like, mm-hmm. come on. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think Kenneth Branagh sold it. Yeah, but, uh, um, yeah, and yeah, definitely in my opinion, Nolan's weakest movie. I I like it more than the Dark Knight Rises just because I don't think it was as a as big a disappointment for me. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, also, uh, I was gonna say that Aaron Johnson in, Aaron Johnson's in this movie, right? And yeah. I and I feel <laughs> I like forgot. Aaron Johnson is in this movie because Tom Hardy didn't want to be. <laughs> like he is. <laughs> no, I'm busy, Chris. I'm busy, Noah. 
I'm he's doing a, I'm doing Venom too. He's in a wardrobe like Tom Hardy. He has a long like Tom Hardy-esque beard. Yeah. He yeah. looks like he's bulked up like Tom Hardy and he's talking like Tom Hardy. Where I'm like, Honestly, when he first showed up on screen, I'm like, hey, Tom Hardy's in... Oh, it's not Tom Hardy. Uh, <laughs> uh, John Tasker, friend of the show, also saw it. And he gave a pretty similar um, review to what you guys had said. A friend of mine uh, named Braden, who's a supporter by buying a t-shirt one time, um, he <laughs> called out, oh, you don't listen, whatever. Um, uh, he also agreed, just said like, yeah, it's meh. Um, yeah. I, having said that, I have some read some reviews of people being like, wow, Nolan's back. This is so great. This, that, and the other thing. And you can just tell that there is a fine line of people who like, who like Christopher Nolan movies. There's the people mm-hmm. who like Christopher Nolan because it's like, oh man, I like big movies. And then there's people who like Christopher Nolan because it's like, no, he's telling a very interesting story. He He's a very yeah. talented filmmaker, um, as it is for pretty much any movie, right? Like, Yeah, and but, one thing I was kind of thinking about afterwards is that usually the the sci-fi elements in the in Nolan movies are there for like a philosophical or emotional purpose. Right like like uh the dreams they're using the dreams and the inception idea in inception uh as, as a way to illustrate this man's relationship with his father and stuff and like that there was there was obsession and yeah 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 obsession and stuff like that in this movie it was just sort of there like it was it was just for really for spectacle and time go backwards think, what <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no i mean like i'm to avoid spoilers i'm going to compare this, i'm going to compare this to a criticism people had with interstellar so, you know, in Interstellar, where like at the ending, it kind of ends with Matthew McConaughey going off to like meet Anne Hathaway and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And you have a bunch of like film bros on the internet going off and saying, like, well, that's what this was about now. It's but like, like, there's the way this movie ends. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, in, what was it with the way this movie ends? There's like a reveal or whatnot. I'm like, and this is where I feel like that criticism would be justified, where I'm like, that's what this was about. I'm like, <laughs> Um, it's like sort of but maybe not i don't know i'm also just like i'm also just kind of tired of people like excusing everything nolan nolan does by applying auteur theory to everything he makes Mm. where i'm like just because they use it as such a get out of jail free card i'm smiling because liam and i had a big argument about this the other day (laughs) i I don't want to get into it on the show i don't want to get into it on the show but i think auteur theory is the least interesting theory in film studies i don't want to get into this on the show because it it negates (laughs) the fact that um that film is a collaborative art and it feels and it and the more and more you get into it it feels like you're just rubbing off uh, it it negates it negates about so many other interesting things to a film and it just feels like you're rubbing off one person remember when we talked about music on the show oh right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway yeah so tenet eh. <laughs> <laughs> okay I, also, I, just, I don't know if i'm gonna see it in theaters on, on, on tenet uh and it was it was really nice to go to the theater again yeah i just uh, but that that was like other than that i think that's go why see bill and ted face the music yeah there we go <laughs> i think that's part of why i was disappointed because i'm like sweet i finally get to go to the theater again and i'm breaking it in with a christopher nolan movie which are always amazing to see on the big screen. Can you guys mm-hmm. just talk about your movie going experience too, really quick? I'm curious. Like, um, what uh, was, was the nice. theater like? <laughs> no, no, I mean like uh, the theater was pretty uh, spaced out. There's, there's like uh, people were sat like if they arrived together they could sit in twos, but other than that it was all like uh, all spread out. Masks were mandatory. Uh, Even while watching the movie. Yep. What, what if you're eating popcorn? 
I mean, you can take oh. it off through the popcorn, but I did. I just imagine like not. I did yeah. see some people not wearing masks, but which did kind mm. of bug me. But I was far enough away to a point where I wasn't too concerned. Yeah, I'm medically exempt. <laughs> You're gonna be medically uh, and like, dead and, soon. And all all the showings were like spread out, so they have more time to like clean the theaters in between. All the employees were wearing masks. Everything was it was very safe. Yeah, there was hand uh, sanitizer but, all over the place. Yeah, yeah, lots lots of little dispensers. Uh, uh, up up here in Canada, I think we had the luxury of being able to do stuff like that because uh, our government has handled the outbreak relatively competently. Um, yeah, in, in the down, in, down in the states, uh, maybe don't do this. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> don't like, go to the theaters. At least our government, <laughs> as much as I don't like our government, at least for listening to scientists. Yeah, but yeah, uh, there, there, yeah, there's, there's Tenet. Uh, what else did I watch? I had a list. I've forgotten it. <laughs> <laughs> I read some books. Nice. I, read, I did read some books. Uh, I will start with. Uh, a book by friend of the show, Lindsay Ellis, Axiom's End. Yeah, you and I were talking. <laughs> oh, yeah, right on. Right on. That came uh, out two weeks ago? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, no, it came out uh, halfway through July. Oh, okay, uh, okay. Is when that came out, but I was reading other books at the time. But uh, Axiom's End by Lindsay Ellis. Uh, friend of to the explain. show. Friend of the show, yeah. <laughs> she is now. As, as, as in we talk about her all the time. <laughs> makes good videos on YouTube. Um, that was a pretty good book. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 it takes some inspiration from the Transformers movies. <laughs> okay. Okay. I know but Lindsay it, Ellis which, and mm-hmm. I know Lindsay Ellis in general is a really, really big Transformers fan. Yeah. Yeah. If you're familiar with, if you're familiar with Lindsay Ellis's like quote unquote brand uh, online, you will probably uh, understand everything that happens in this book because it's, it's very Lindsay Ellis. Yeah. Someone, I, she posted a meme on her. You on her Twitter, I think, where you know the scene in Arrested Development where uh, he opens the freezer and there's a bag that says "Dead Dove, Don't Open," and he opens it and he's like, "I don't know what I expected." <laughs> I, yeah, she, she just replaced "Dead Dove, Don't Open" with Lindsay Ellis wrote this. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, like the it's, intro or, or like the. Well, he goes over, it? opens, uh, opens the freezer. There's a bag that says Lindsay Ellis wrote this, and he opens it. Well, I don't know what I expected. Oh. <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, I thought, I thought you. Were, sorry, I didn't. I caught the meme part, but it floated away on me. I thought you were saying that's just how the acknowledgement of the book is. It just says Lindsay Ellis wrote this. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I would hope no. so. <laughs> uh, it's it's very much a first book. Like it's 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 very much someone who's learning how to write a book. It's kind of evident, but. Uh, overall, it's it's an enjoyable story. There's a character named Ambersand who is uh, an alien, who is the most fascinating character in the book. Uh, it's, it's sort it, it's sort of like the relationship between the main character Korra and this alien. It's a little bit of a rival. Meets a little bit of Transformers. Uh, cool. Meets a little bit of Phantom of the Opera because, <laughs> of course, uh, <laughs> solid book. I recommend. Nice. There we go. Thanks, Lindsay, friend of the show. Please actually yeah. be friends with us. It's interesting how Lindsay Ellis uh, uh, was it her first book was one on um uh, was it was a work of fiction given that like because I thought that she would write something on the- on film theory or whatnot given that that's what her degree's in. Nah, yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. Fuck it, <laughs> don't know her. I'm gonna write a Transformers fanfic. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna put a and lot of the, omegas in there. <laughs> and the other. Ma- <laughs> 
story. <laughs> oh man. Uh, and the other, and the other main book I read uh, is is by another YouTuber. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, a beautifully foolish endeavor by Hank Green. Didn't we? we I thought we talked about that on the last episode, didn't uh, we? We did, but I hadn't finished it at the time. Oh okay. I, I had just I had just kind of started it. This book is genuinely great. Like okay. Hank Green is a brilliant writer. Like I I don't even I know how to articulate how much I love this book. Uh, it's it, it it has a very deep knowledge of what it is to be human. And it has a really, really interesting way of articulating it. All the characters are very, very well, uh, well defined, and all have their arcs and everything. And there's there's so many incredible quotes, and I just want to read a couple of them for you. I have them set up on my second monitor over here. This first quote is um, specifically about humans. This is from an outside perspective talking about humans. You're radically collaborative, profoundly empathetic, and deeply communal. Everyone who tells you anything different is selling the fear that is the only thing that can break that nature, which I think is a quite quite a nice quote. Uh, another one is, uh, the most impactful thing that you can do with power is almost always to give it away. Oh, right on. And the last one, this is one that I saw on Twitter a lot before I even read the book, but uh, I think it's the best quote in the book. You will always struggle with not feeling productive until you accept that your own joy can be something that you produce. It is not the only thing that you will make, nor should it be, but it is something valuable and beautiful. Ah, yeah, I really like. Damn that it, quote. we're it's... stuck doing the show forever now. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was gonna say that does sound like uh, something. That does sound like something Hank Green would say. Because, mm -hmm. like, yeah. I mean, even just what, watching interviews or like uh, talks with uh, Hank and John Green, like they're both clearly very like insanely intellectually intelligent people. Oh yeah, they're very they're very smart. Guys. I, I I honestly think that the Hank Green or not 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 the Hank Green brothers, the Green brothers are <laughs> just Hank. No, uh, I honestly think him? the Green yeah. I honestly think think the Green brothers are two of the most influential people of the modern age. Sure. Like, like I, I, I think the history is going to look very kindly on the two of them. Not so much Red and Link. <laughs> Not so much. I mean, they're fine, but they're getting yeah, they're kind of like boring. <laughs> I mean, they've been doing the same fucking morning show for 27 years. How? I, I just I watched, no. sorry, uh, unrelated, but I watched a good mythical more uh, related to what I'm saying, unrelated to what you're saying. Um, I watched a good <laughs> mythical morning clip the other day. Hey. Hey, now. <laughs> you're muted. Okay. You're rock star. <laughs> you're, Get the game on. Yeah. Liam, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> um, no, I watched a good Mythical Morning clip that was like, um, what is the heaviest fast food burger? And I was like, this is this is where we're at now? <laughs> this, is, this is where we've come with Rhett and Link is they're weighing hamburgers. Yeah. Ham burgers, not hand burgers, but... <laughs> <laughs> anyway okay well liam you really fucked my momentum there bud <laughs> <laughs> and i've been, and last thing that is not nearly as interesting but i've been playing a lot of total war troy saga which okay. is a lot of fun it's just it's a total war game that takes place during the trojan trojan war cool and and like specifically in like the mythical greece not like necessarily the historical greece so like uh, like i was playing as achilles and depending on how achilles was feeling uh like if he was angry indignant uh or or neutral or proud or whatever uh determined how he would lead his armies and like what kind of bonuses you would get and how would you have how you would have to adjust your tactics during that during that time 
uh it's apparently not not the best total war game but i haven't played many of them so i didn't care that's fair <laughs> yeah <laughs> have you played fall guys yet i have not played fall guys yet Let's, no i want you to get fall guys and we'll play fall guys together <laughs> it's pretty fun yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've heard i've seen a lot of people playing it on twitch it has yeah, no no, no right to be as fun as it is it has no right <laughs> i played a little bit of it at his house <laughs> yeah anyway but yeah there there's my indigestion yo we did it we got there um hey. for those of you at home that are now ingesting this video version if you could notice that yeah i got facial hair fuck off okay um <laughs> there i'm glad we care i'm glad we uh i'm glad we finally get to cover that um liam you want to jump us into our first recommendation oh uh, sure so uh for my recommendation uh i wanted to recommend a film i really like that um i know it, it got a lot of acclaim when it came out and i know christian and i and a number of our friends both really like it but no one talks about it anymore, which uh, was as a shame because I think a, the writing team that it comes from is probably the best thing they ever put out. Yeah. Um, which is a little film called The Spectacular Now. That's it's with, a good um, one. With uh, Miles Teller and uh, Shailene Woodley. That's right. One of them, beautiful. The other one is Shailene Woodley. <laughs> no, <sorry. laughs> no. No, I mean, yeah, it, it's a. I've told Liam before. It's a movie that made, and I told you, Lucas, it's a movie that makes me not want to punch Miles Teller in the mouth. So um, that's good because he's very good in that movie. He he's yeah, no, really I mean, really good. What I like about how what I like about this movie compared to because uh, again, I, overall, I do think the guys who uh, wrote this are good writers, even if uh, some of her work hasn't aged especially well, because it's the same team that wrote. Uh, uh, 500 days of summer mm -hmm. which is everybody's favorite oh it, it was great but nowhere near as good as you remember it nope no <laughs> if you tr try to watch it now i dare you at home yeah. i try i dare yeah. you to watch 500 days of summer do um, not get to feel the same way but i mean on top of the fact that here i thought the writing was a lot more mature even just the way it's directed i like a lot more like just because like everybody looks like a person it's james pendolt right that directed it uh his name is yep that's his name yeah He's the same guy um, who uh, did he direct New Mutants? Uh, no, that's oh. Josh Boone. Josh Boone. This is ah. the same guy who directed uh, Smashed, which I've never right. seen. It's a good film. Um, but essentially, it follows a um a college uh, senior or a high school senior who's uh, was it Aunt, who's the it cool seems guy? Like just a tip, yeah, cool guy. Uh, like a really fun party guy that everybody wants to deal uh, was a be around, but is starting to reach his peak and realize that like wow, if I keep going this way, like, things are not going to go over well. No. And I feel like uh, a lot of, uh, in fact, I, like, cause I first watched this movie in high school because I was going into uh, grade uh, 12 when it came out. And I feel like it's an important movie to show a lot of, uh, uh, was it people who are just leaving high school? Just because, like, I know there are a lot of people who have dealt with a lot of, who, particularly the people who have peaked, who peaked in high school, but, like, just that's it like they and then just moving on like nothing really nothing really ever went over well for them yep i feel like this is a really important film for that because it's also just very raw and mature about it um like you know and it just kind of bum i just wanted to bring it up because i'm kind of bummed that nobody talks about it anymore yeah it's a good one i like it quite a bit lucas do you have one I do, I do. Uh, I'm gonna recommend another YouTube channel. Yo. Uh, it's a YouTube channel called Jill Barrup. After the person who makes it, I assume her name is Jill Barrup. Uh, she is an amateur stunt performer. 
and oh. she makes she makes videos breaking down and explaining uh fights in movies cool uh, it's it's really really cool she made this uh really incredible video about the fight between will and jack in the first pirates of the caribbean movie and she she breaks it down so wonderfully and like exp- and talks about how the different movements and the different clashes in the fight uh, reveal so much character in them as well as just being a cool sword fight She's made one on uh, the Inigo versus Wesley fight in uh, in Princess Bride. It's funny. It's my, that's at right where my brain went as soon yeah, as you brought this up. that was the most recent one. She also made a really, really good one about uh, Zuko and Azula's Agni Kai in Avatar The Last Airbender. Uh, she made one about why the Matrix Reloaded fights are boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's it's she only has 79,000 subscribers. She needs more. Uh, but they're they're really really interesting, really informative uh, videos that everyone should go watch. Nice. Um, I am almost at a loss. Uh, <laughs> but honestly, I can't hype it up enough. Um, go see Bill and Ted face the music. Like if you're a fan of Bill and Ted, if you're a fan of that kind of movie, I just I really think you should go see it. It's very entertaining. It's very fun, funny. Um, the music is fucking killer. The soundtrack is dope. There's a song on it called Rufus Lives by Mastodon. And Mastodon's <laughs> one of my favorite metal bands. Um, and the song is tight. Uh, there's a Lamb of God song on the on the soundtrack, which is wild. Um, the first soundtrack for Bill and Ted is mostly like hair metal and a- or late 80s heavy metal. And then the soundtrack for Bill, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey is uh, like alternative and grunge. And then this one, they were like, "Fuck it, heavy metal, death metal." <laughs> we're going, we're going in, and they did, and it's great. Nice. Um, so yeah, so those are our recommendations for the week and our ingestion. You can find links for um, everything we just talked about in our recommendations down in the description below. Make sure you like and subscribe and hit that bell. <laughs> <laughs> Smash that like button. Smash it. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Um, let's go to break, and we'll come back with. Uh, we didn't even tell people what we're going to talk about. Hey. We didn't. We did it's it. A surprise. Yeah. Yeah. It's fuck you. You didn't read the. <laughs> but maybe I just won't put it in the title of the of the, the video. Just, just mystery box. Yeah. Mystery. <laughs> Great. Love it. All right. We'll see you guys in a minute. <laughs> are, are you are you also now lactose intolerant? No. no just uh, dairy uh, creates a lot of mucus that makes a lot of sounds. No, I'm just intolerant of your bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Thundercast. Uh, Today, we are going to be opening up the mystery box, motherfuckers. (laughs) No, we're uh, we're talking about uh, comfort movies, or at least movies that we find comfort in. doesn't necessarily mean that they're comforting. It just means that uh, they're movies we watch when we feel maybe a little down or we need a quick pick-me-up or anything like that. Um, it's basically the last six months. Basically the last six months, <laughs> movies yes. That make, make, movies that make us personally happy. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I have, a, I have a bunch written down. I, I hope you guys do as well. Um, yeah. But uh, first and foremost, like when, when you go to watch a movie that makes you feel comfortable... Like, what's the first thing you think of? Like, what's the first, not necessarily first movie, but the first, like, like, what is it that makes a movie comforting to you? 
you know? Uh, well, that's a pretty broad subject, at least in my case, given that like, it also depends really on how I'm feeling or what I need in that moment. Cause a lot of films I find comforting, like I know a lot of people probably don't. Yeah. <laughs> or like, just like, cause I think of movies where I could just throw them on and I'll just be happy watching them. Yeah, for sure. Like for me, one thing is familiarity. I agree. Yeah. Uh, that's probably pretty obvious, but like, uh, if, if I, I'm not going to throw on a movie that I've never seen before for comfort. Right. Like, <laughs> What's this? Sallow? Yeah, sure. I'll yeah. watch this. <laughs> Let's watch Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> a Serbian film? I'm in. <laughs> I hope this is about how nice Serbia is. Ah! <laughs> ah, fuck. No, uh, for me, most, most of mine are things that i have loved for quite a long time yeah sure i think there's not a lot like that's pretty recent that uh that i would watch for comfort a lot of times there are things that i either watched as a child or associate with childhood right Um, like i mean i'm I'm not gonna throw on midsummer if i want to feel good about myself right no no but there are other (laughs) movies that i watch that are that are classically sad that mm. i will watch because they make me feel better oddly enough what were you gonna mm. say Liam? um i was gonna say that like even like more like because there are movies that have come out in the past uh what is it a uh, couple of years that i do consider some of my favorite movies but i don't really consider them movies that i watch for comfort or when i'm down like a lot of those if i think of movies like that they're more so films but just kind of uh what is it inspire me more than anything sure Sure. But that doesn't really, but I don't really consider inspiration and comfort the same thing. Yeah, that's reasonable. Like, I mean, one film that. Related. Yeah, one film that I was thinking about uh, in terms of it being like traditionally a sad film, but I watch it when I want to feel better for some reason is like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. That's a movie I. Or Her or Inside Out. Like, those are movies that I'll watch Mm -hmm. um, that make me fucking cry. But I watch them because sometimes you just gotta cry to make yourself yeah. feel better. And mm-hmm. I, uh, not not even kidding, every single time I get to the point in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which, okay, this movie's like, what, 12, 13 years old? Um, I feel like I can spoil it. Um, I think it's actually coming on to like 16 years old. Wow. But that bit where Joel and Clementine are at the, their house at the end of the movie, um, which is like the beginning of their story, um and clementine asks joel like why why don't you stay this time and then he just still walks away i fucking cry and i'm gonna cry thinking about it um or even in inside out when um okay this one is a spoiler but when um joy and bing bong are in the repressed memories Uh. and they're trying to get out with the rocket with the rocket um uh wagon and Fucking Bing Bong jumps off, and then he lands, and then he says, "Take her to the moon for me, Joy." And I'm just like, "God damn it, <laughs> you I'm, bastard!" I'm like, oh, I'm, "I'm almost crying just thinking about that scene." Uh, it gets me every single time. I this, love that movie. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so sometimes I think it's okay to watch a movie that's maybe a little bit sadder to make mm-hmm. yourself feel better, right? Because usually yeah. films that are sad, um have like a good resolution to them because that's kind of what yeah. they're supposed to emulate is the yeah, like in, inside inside out has a more it has a bit of it's a bit of a bittersweet ending sure 
I mean, it's like, pretty. It's optimistic, I mean, it's, though. Yeah, it's, it's optimistic. I was say, very optimistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a Pixar example on my end, I was gonna give, and I mean, part of it is also like a nostalgia thing or whatnot. Um, but I was gonna. Uh, but before I get into that, I was gonna say that when I think of something that I find comforting, I always go to movies that I think have a lot of heart, mm-hmm. like this very That's genuine heart. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like again, a Pixar example I could give is Monsters Inc. Yeah, oh, oh totally. Yeah. Like Monsters Inc. is a movie I could throw on when I feel really bad or whatnot or not feel so great. Because mm-hmm. I mean, like, uh, oh, was it? Because I mean, it is about like learning to care for another person, but it is also very much about how sometimes you need your best friend. I uh, I can always tell when Liam's been drinking when he texts me the "I wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have you" <laughs> song. <laughs> and I'm like, you sweet, you sweet man. <laughs> I'm Mike. Wait, no, no, I'm Sully. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> um, Lucas, that makes you boo. Um, a really, uh, <laughs> cool that. <laughs> um, a really one that uh, one movie that I find strangely really that I strangely get a lot of comfort from, and I don't know why. Uh, is uh, was there movies like uh, Save a Princess Bride or the original Pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah, I just Princess get very, Bride was on my list as well. Yeah, but I mean, especially, particularly the first Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't know why, but I just get genuine joy movie, and comfort out of watching it. It's a good that film. movie is so much fun. Yeah, like it, it's 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 like classic swashbuckling adventure, and there's it, it it gets a little dark sometimes, but it's never it's never too dark. I think I was twelve when it came out. Does that math mm. check out? I'm not sure. I don't know when it came out. Early two so... thousands. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was about 12, and I saw it on my birthday, and nice. we went to the movie theater, and it was just, that's one of my, like, earlier movie theater memories, later, early, late movie theater memories, because I remember when it gets to the end there with the, with the medallions, and they're fighting under, in, in the moonlight, and, like, is it, Dave, it's not Davy Jones, it's, um, it's Barbosa, Barbosa and, and they're fighting, and every single time they get in the moonlight, they're skeletons, and I was like, holy shit, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I still think it's really yeah. cool. And I, I just love listening to Jeffrey Rush talk as a pirate. Yeah. It's just so much fun. He's having think, a blast. I think just hearing the music makes me feel kind of warm and like feel a sense of adventure. Mm-hmm. And that's, like uh, that's something actually that uh, that is probably a pretty strong theme in most of mine is is the music, is a fun adventurous sort of music. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, what do you have on your list there, Lucas? You wanna you wanna uh, sauce one out here? Sure. Uh, first one I have talked about this movie a lot on the podcast uh, is How to Train Your Dragon. Oh yes, that's Which that's I my still that's, have never that seen. Is, <laughs> it is my number one comfort movie. Uh, the scene where Hiccup and Toothless fly together for the first time makes me weep. Tears of joy. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> uh, like, like Liam was saying, there's a lot of heart to it. Uh, it's, it's, it's a little more emotionally complicated than most kids' movies. Uh, it's not super emotionally complicated, but it's, it's, it's more so than you'd expect. Sure. Um, there's a lot of fun adventure, great music, a lot of really heartfelt moments. And uh, it's, it's, it, it's, when, I'm, when I'm sick, that's the first movie I put on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, Liam, what about you? What's one that you have on your list? Um, well, I mean, I brought up the Pirates movies and whatnot, but one I have that uh, I think it says a lot about me as a person. Uh, what is it? Is, some, is uh, Clerks 2 really comes to mind for me? <laughs> <laughs> Liam just, man, nothing makes you feel better than watching interspecies erotica. Am I no, right? no, 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 no. 
<laughs> oh man. I just wasn't expecting Clerks or, or any Fuck. Kevin Smith movie really. Me to come neither. Up. Well, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back should have been on my list, and I wish mm-hmm. I had put it on there now, but well, I'm saying it now. <laughs> well, I go. think it's because like um I mean all of Kevin Smith's movies have this to a point or whatnot, but like Clerks 2 really, I feel like, balances perfectly the whole like being really, really vulgar and raunchy, but also just being having a very, very genuine heart about it. Yeah. Like Th- those them all those movies are just about friends and and, and why it's important very, to have friendships yeah and just being at a very specific place in your life or whatnot like mm-hmm. i don't know why but like uh i always have a smile on my face and like then kind of get bummed out when i watch the go-kart scene oh yeah yeah like uh because there's that scene and then like when we're driving back or whatnot and i'm like fuck okay yeah well reality sets in you know a lot in that <laughs> movie and i feel like that's one thing that i really appreciate about it is that um, there are so many moments of reality for all, all the characters and how the whole time you're kind of led to believe that Randall is, is just kind of a man child, but he has that moment in the prison cell where it really shows that, no, he cares. He cares about Dante. He cares about their friendship. He cares and about, it goes back to the first clerks where it's like, uh, where him and Dante have that big spat where Dante says like, you know, Randall, sometimes I think you just show up every day to ruin, show up to just ruin my day. Yeah. <laughs> and this, I think really comes back to that or whatnot. And like, again, like I think a lot of it is also just thinking back to my own experience or whatnot of like growing up, not really having a lot of friends for a long time. Sure. Um, And just like, uh, and just like Kevin, uh, was it particularly with all of Kevin Smith's movies? It's just like, a motif in movies that I find comforting are movies about like just the importance of having your friends or whatnot, or like mm-hmm. just people in your life who you care about. Yeah, for sure. And I get genuine comfort from that just cause I by and large have a lot of trouble with, I have a lot of problems with people. What? <laughs> <laughs> this is news no. to me. Liam. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, one that I got on my list that also, I guess you could argue is about, um, friendships is uh the greatest trilogy of all time and that is back to the future (laughs) a movie that i never ever will not want to watch if it's on if somebody like i mean there are obviously days where i'm like "Ah, i'm not super feeling it but as soon as it comes on like let's say i'm at someone else's house or it's on tv or whatever yeah i'm gonna watch the whole goddamn thing (laughs) start to finish any of them any of the three of them there Um, are days when i'm working around the house and i'll just turn on back to the future yeah because it I mean, having like seen them so many times, the predictability is really great for me. And I'll watch them and just like under my breath be like, one point twenty one jiggle. You're gonna build a time machine. You're build it with style. <laughs> you know. Um, also, guys, did you know that um, what was it? What day is today? Today is the seventh. Monday. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I believe uh, uh, Doc Brown um, was shot and killed today. Uh, or he would have been, uh, he would have been shot and killed over a matter of $50 today, 136 (laughs) years ago, I believe 1855, 1885. Sorry. So Mm. what is that? 140 years ago. Um, so yeah, uh, back to the future is great. Um, Lucas, what else do you got? Uh, not a movie technically, uh, but uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yeah, Apparently, that everything that gives list. me everything that gives me comfort is animated. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I, yeah, again, uh, great music, beautiful animation, uh, uh, a lot of heart. 
some of the uh, best characters I've ever seen written in fiction. I would agree. Uh, Zuko and Iroh's reunion will never not make me cry. Like, <laughs> like I can watch that scene isolated on YouTube like 30 times in a row, and every single time I will cry. Prove it. Even, Put it just, on. Uh, <laughs> even just Uncle Iroh and uh, Toph sitting down and having tea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just Uncle Iroh doing basically anything. I will cry. No. Call the clip. <laughs> yeah. One, one I have that I know you'll appreciate, Lucas, is it's not the whole movie, but it's a scene that I can just watch on its own. Um, was it? And I can't really grasp 100% why, but it's the ending to Dragonheart. It's probably just that music mm-hmm. and. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Oh, I'm a dragon. I, I didn't... <laughs> that was my Sean Connery. Yeah. Oi, I'm a dragon. <laughs> I am the last one. Yeah. <laughs> to the stars, Owen. To the stars. No, um yeah, that 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 ending scene of Dragonheart gets me every time, even though it's so cheesy. And it's all but it's also like some of the best it's some one of my favorite musical scores of all time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The music is great. I don't think I've I seen love that it movie. in twenty years. So <laughs> um yeah, Avatar: Last Airbender. Even even though a lot of Avatar is quite sad. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's what I've heard. I've uh, it's it, it it hits me right in the right spots. Nice. You know what I mean, Liam, you said uh, so. You you gave one just there, the end of Dragonheart. Um, ones that don't necessarily make me cry or whatever but uh one that we talked about earlier in the ingestion is is the Frighteners. Um, it is a movie that I can without fail watch. I just like Michael J. Fox, I think. Yeah, I yeah think that's I just, what I said while we were watching it. I think I just like Michael J. Fox. Put on Teen Wolf? Fuck, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> What's this, Doc Hollywood? Yeah, you better believe it. Atlantis of Lost Empire? Oh, hell Why yeah. Not? Fuck Stuart Little. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that stupid... There's so many other kids in that, in that fucking... Ugh. Did you know in the Stuart Little book, uh, the actual novelization, that Stuart Little... Burned. Yeah, is that Stuart is actually just a small human being with mouse-like features. He's not a mouse. Really? Nowhere in there does it say that he's actually a mouse. He's just a really <laughs> tiny human being with mouse-like features. So Do you think the adoption uh, that's part weird. was Shyamalan's contribution? Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he wrote that movie. We're going to make him a mouse. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hugh Laurie was in there, too. Yeah, he sure was. Uh, Gina Davis. Yeah, <laughs> um, and then the kid from that vampire movie, my next door neighbor is a vampire, and Jerry oh, no, McGuire, the little vampire. Yeah, that's it. Not one I I was gonna mention, but yeah, the Frighteners. And um, so when Liam and I had watched it, um, I was I had a week prior I had been staying at my my parents' house because uh, they had gone to um, out of the province to go to their their little um, piece of land that they own. So I was hanging out with uh with my sister and. Uh, she also loves the Frighteners, and I had just bought it on Blu-ray because I guess I didn't own it. Um, and so I, we, we put it on, I watched it, and then I was like, that's great. Still love this. Then a week later, Liam comes over to my place, and I was like, we can watch the Frighteners? <laughs> Even though I had just watched it a week prior. That's how I know that it's like a it, – it instantly will make me feel good because it's also – it's not necessarily like the most – most hopeful i guess the last like three to five minutes of that movie are pretty hopeful liam but yeah, well, um everything I mean, else Frank is like banister is kind of a mess of a person yeah he's kind of a piece of shit um at least in the first portion of the film and then and then he meets uh the love interest and the two of them team up to stop death um uh, played by oh no not gonna tell you 
not going to ruin that one. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's that's one that I can easily get on board with. Um, but another one that I was going to mention is, uh, is UHF, which mm. we've talked mm-hmm. about a lot on the show. We're obviously not afraid to say that we're fans of Weird Al Yankovic. Weird Al Yankovic is the most talented person to ever be born. I, I mean, I'm not going to disagree <laughs> with you. How, like how it's it's it all it's almost Im, impos, implausible that a man could be on the Billboard Top 100 with every single album he's released for the most part, and they're all parody songs. Yeah. That's talent. You just have fucking yeah, no, talent. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I'd go as far as to say he's one of the most talented people ever, but I Shut will up. go as far as to say he's one of the most endearing people that I've ever that I could think of. Hey, that producer, can you mute Liam, please? <laughs> <laughs> um, just because when I think of like the most talented people who exist, like I think of people like Robin Williams, Lady or... Gaga, no. <laughs> Bradley um, Cooper, fuck no, Jai Courtney, <laughs> <laughs> Michael Bay, yeah, Justin Long. Uh, Mark Wahlberg. Um, (laughs) One that uh, um, I know. uh, I think Lucas might agree with me on these, but like, I get a lot of comfort out of watching some of my favorite stupid action movies. Hmm. Oh yeah, like on sick days, I get a lot of comfort out of watching Commando or uh, or Shoot 'Em Up or yeah, 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 yeah. Snakes on a Plane. That's on my (laughs) list. Snakes on a Plane. I can watch that movie endlessly as well. It's Cause it's so dumb. Like yeah. I can watch, uh, I can watch John Matrix break into the gun store with a bulldozer for hours on end. And not <laughs> I be love. Bored. He doesn't even like it's locked. Like it's locked, and they don't even try to pick the lock or break the glass or anything. They're just like bulldozer. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. No, it literally just cuts to him with a bulldozer. If I remember correctly, I'm like, was he hiding it in his ass? Was he hiding it in his ass? Grand Theft Auto rules, man. I'm like, man. okay, if yeah. it was bare, if it was if it was bare, I'm like, okay, what about the keys? Did he just fart them out or something? Nah, he hotwired it. I, I love how little they care about logic in that movie. Doesn't matter. It's great. But, yeah, it's irrelevant. Um, yeah. Like, uh, we were watching it the other night, uh, but also Army of Darkness fits that bill for me, or mm-hmm. the original mm-hmm. Robocop. Mm-hmm. Dead or alive, this will come to a surprise as to everybody who's ever met me. This, this, is, this is completely out of character. But the original Star Wars trilogy. Fuck, I knew it was gonna happen. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I, I, you know what? Uh, before this, I'm gonna put a timer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the amount of time till Lucas mentioned Star Wars. <laughs> what does does the shirt count? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Did you know that Darth Vader has like 30 minutes of screen time in all three of those movies? Like roughly, it's more than that. It's like there's, he, there's, there's like 16 minutes in in New Hope. Yeah, and then 16, and then it, it, I think it's. 13 he minutes has considerable more screen time actually i'm pretty higher. sure in a new hope he only has seven minutes of screen time it, it was a very oh i might be i might be getting the 16 minutes from silence of the lambs because 60 yes uh hannibal Lecter was in that movie very very little yeah uh anyway fact checker at home someone yeah, that for, so. <laughs> okay, yeah. google it right now i believe it's 33 <laughs> minutes i believe darth vader's in 33 minutes of the of the franchise i, I mean the original trilogy um did you know that the reason why R2-D2 follows Luke Skywalker around when he tells him to stay at the ship is because the last time that someone told him to stay at the ship, they didn't come back. That's so sad. <laughs> yeah. That's so fucking sad. Anakin, Anakin doesn't come back. He's like, R2, stay with the ship. And then he goes and gets his legs cut off. <laughs> uh, in terms of uh, actual screen time, Darth Vader gets astonishing little. A total of 34 minutes in the original trilogy. Wow. 
I was almost. Wow, there. yeah, you're right. Almost there. Back when uh, Price is Right rules. Christian wins. A thing. <laughs> Back when what? Back when less is more was actually a considered thing. Yeah. 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 Because when I think Star Wars, the first image that pops in my head is Darth yep. Vader. Mm-hmm. Yep. I like, think that Death Star. <laughs> um, mm. mm-hmm. yeah. That's up there. Grand Moff Tarkin is is a bigger character in New Hope. Yeah. No, yeah. He, he's he's basically he's Vader's boss in that movie. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> no more Star Wars talk. I'm just kidding. What what else? What is it about Star Wars, Lucas? I know I know it I know it lingers with you from your childhood and like Yeah, and... that that's a big reason. And also I really, really love uh the final confrontation between uh Vader, Palpatine, and Luke, in which Luke realizes in the situation he's in, to fight is to lose. Right. And and how he throws down his lightsaber. I, I really I really love that moment because it's it's so anti like uh, uh, what Hollywood thinks male heroes should be. Yeah, for sure. Or at least, or even what the West as a whole seems to think male yeah. heroes should be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He 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 throws his lightsaber down and chooses to die instead of instead of to uh, uh, become corrupted. It also fits so much more with the idea of what Jedi were, given that uh, the Jedi were initially inspired by monks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. And yeah, and I, 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 I really, love, really love that idea. I really love Luke as a character. I think he's a little bit underrated when it comes to Star Wars fans because everyone's always like, "Oh, Darth Vader, Han Solo, blah blah blah." Right. I, I personally think Luke is is uh, the most interesting character in those movies, with maybe the exception of Leia, though. Though Leia might be might be more interesting because they didn't give her as much, and and Carrie Fisher just kind of blew the performance out of the water. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, I, I love the aesthetic. I love the music lightsabers are fucking rad <laughs> surprise surprise lucas likes a hero's journey <laughs> i do like the hero's journey yeah <laughs> um, I've got... um, every single thing that i've mentioned on my list is a hero's journey story yeah pretty so. much <laughs> i've got one that uh isn't uh that uh, what is it? some tribalists would call the arch nemesis of star wars um i have a uh, star trek the voyage home Oh, okay. That's a movie oh, that yeah. I could watch, and it makes me genuinely really happy. Yeah, that's a good one. Is that the Just whales like, one? Yeah, yeah, because it's like, uh, was it when that one was being developed? Leonard Nimoy had the ideas like no lasers, no like space terrorists or any of that. Like, let's do a story where a probe shows up to Earth or whatnot, and like, oh, uh, what? And it's like, yeah, we need to communicate with blue whales, but they're extinct. So it's like, well, we have to go back in time and just ins- and it's just as simple as we have to ensure that these uh that these probes get to have their discussion with the whales. And, like, I get joy out of watching the crew of the Enterprise interact with uh, 1980s, uh, uh, was it, 1980s Earth, even if it is a little cheesy <laughs> and whatnot. But, like, it Definitely has, the funniest Trek movie. Yeah. But it also, and, like, and also just seeing them interact or whatnot, and, again, seeing them interact most times, like, uh, Kirk's uh, friendship with uh, Jillian or, like, uh, Sulu getting to work as a helicopter pilot and whatnot. Yeah. Um. And just the ending of like the how the blue how the probes have her talk with the blue whales or whatnot. We never get to hear it, never get any idea of what they've said to each other, and it just ends. And like, and I feel like that movie is probably the most Star Trek, like just in the sense of mm-hmm. like, yeah, like terrible things can like even if they're extinct or whatnot, and we did kill them or whatnot, like humanity can prosper and be better. And like that's and it kind of just reminds me why I love Star Trek and just. uh uh, was it humanism as a philosophy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You made me feel better. Oh, oh no, everybody's I, lagging. 
No. For those of you at home, it's get just me now on the show. I can't get, get these guys are lagging. Well, this is exciting. Uh-oh. Star Trek. You made me believe, Liam. <laughs> what? That's that's where I got in that conversation. Um, also on this on this Google search of how many minutes, uh, how many how many screen time does Darth Vader have? You know how they have the people also ask section. Mm-hmm. They have like how many how many how many how much screen time does Jango Fett have? How much does Darth Vader have in Rogue One? Then there's how much screen time does Kylo Ren have? Just Kylo's all in caps for some reason. Kylo. <laughs> I just wanted to share that before we get that's back funny. In. But uh, yeah, so another movie that uh, I would like to mention um, that makes me feel all nice and good on the inside is uh, the 1992 classic starring Mike Myers and Dana Carvey. We're talking about Wayne's World right now. Um, <laughs> have you? I know Liam, you've probably seen Wayne's World, right, Lucas? I assume I actually haven't. No, yeah, I grew up with it. Um, so like, I know that movie like inside and out, um, every, my family and I still joke about it all the time. Um, there's this one line in the very early part portion of the film where Wayne's, um, ex-girlfriend comes to the, the coffee shop that they like to hang out in and she gives him a gift and he, he looks at her and he goes, if it's a severed head, I'm going to be real mad. <laughs> and so now to this day with my family, if you give somebody a gift, you're bound to hear if it's a severed head, I'm going to be really upset. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then he opens it, and it's a gun rack. And he looks at her, and he goes, um, a gun rack? I don't even own a gun, let alone many guns, to necessitate an entire rack. <laughs> Stupid. Just very, very easily quotable. Um, hell, I might even watch it tonight. We'll see. Um, that, that one, yeah. Anyway, um, I'm nearing the end of my list here. I have. Yeah, I got. I got a couple more. Right on. Go I for got it. A one or two more left. Yeah. Uh, one of which we've mentioned, but that's the Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. Uh, Princess Bride is, in my opinion, one of the greatest movies ever made. I don't disagree uh, with you. <laughs> uh, it's funny. It's charming. It's exciting. It's it's a hero's journey. <laughs> yeah. I think also, there's uh, a fact that I like. I don't know about you guys, but like, being like a. I, when I was a little kid, I was a lot like the kid who the story's being read to, mm-hmm. where I was like, uh, when my dad first tried to show us The Princess Bride, when I was like seven, I was like, I don't want to watch that. It's for it's girls. Movie. <laughs> and uh, then I had the Fred Savage experience where I'm like, that's really, I love this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see it till we were in, uh, until Lucas and I were in university. That was the first, oh, really? first time I ever saw it was when, was when we saw it in class, because all growing up, I was like, "That's a girls' movie, I don't want girls <laughs> movie. princess movie." Yeah, I, w- I was forced to watch it in uh, in in middle school. I think we watched it in class, and again, I had I had the same fucking reaction every young boy has. It's princess and bride in the title. It's a girls' movie. I don't want to watch it. Yeah, and then you watch it, and you're like, "That's the best fucking movie I've ever yeah, seen." It's so good. Yeah, <laughs> so endlessly quotable. All every every character is so charming. Anybody want a peanut? (laughs) (laughs) Um, One that, uh, the last one I have, uh, it ties into what Christian and I talked about earlier, and that's uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. (laughs) I always cite that movie as one where, like, even if I'm in the worst fucking mood possible, I will always smile when watching that movie. I've probably watched it three times in the past two months. (laughs) Uh, 
And a lot of it is that like, uh, so often we get with comedies or whatnot and just how everything again is just so damn mean or whatnot. And just like how they always have to remind you, it's like, oh, don't care about anything or whatnot. Or like, look at how much the world sucks and shit where I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, I agree. But it's like, but then Bill and Ted comes along where I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Okay. Cause it's not mean spirited <laughs> at all. I mean, there's one line that is that, but that's just because it's a joke that's aged horribly. Very, very poorly. They use the F word, Lucas, and it's quite, ah, yeah, it, but it's like, it's just, it's one, it's a one-off thing and it's kind of easy to skip over. Um, Mm -hmm. Not acceptable, but still like, you know, it hasn't aged well, which is funny because Bogus, Bogus Journey is, is a mean spirited movie, but that's kind of the balance between the two of them. Because in the first one, you just have Bill and Ted and uh, what do they, they, oh man, we're going to. We're gonna lose our. our We're uh, gonna flug history, and we can't start our band. Yeah, so they gotta go <laughs> through time to to get all these his, historical figures to help do their report. And did you know how the movie originally ended, Liam? Was they were in their own classroom. So the movie ends. Yeah. So it's an old movie, but they uh, they're actually in like an auditorium doing this presentation with all these historical figures in the original cut of the movie. And they shot the scene. Um, it's them in a uh, like just a classroom, and it was so anticlimactic. And I think they shot <laughs> half of the scene, and then the guy directing it was like, "No, think that no, this isn't gonna work. We're not doing this." <laughs> And then the second one is all about them trying to win a battle of the bands. Uh, but then they end up dying because evil Bill and Ted robots from the future come to kill them and send them to hell. <laughs> and so they go to hell and then they go to heaven and then they build two good Bill and Ted robots and then they save the fucking day. <laughs> um, it's great. Also, uh, it's a fucking I know you'll appreciate this, Lucas, but Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is the only movie or really only anything I could think of, or you will hear Abraham Lincoln say, party on, dudes! <laughs> party on, dudes! That's great. Yeah. I love it. But he says it like how we think Abraham talked, not how he yeah. Or at least how party people on, genuinely dudes. believed how we, talk, how we sounded at that time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Him and, uh, what, no, is it Socrates and or Socrates and who else? Billy the Kid. Yeah, Billy the Kid and and Socrates are trying to pick up chicks at the mall. That's a scene in the movie. Really weird. Freud is holding a corn dog while talking to them, and then once they leave, there's literally a point where he bends it down a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) That's just a little tiny blink, and you'll miss it type of a thing. Yeah, is is it? It's a Genghis Khan. No, it's um no. uh, Was it at that scene? It's uh, Billy the Kid. No, 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 no. In the in the sporting goods store. Is yeah, it, that's Genghis Khan. Yeah, Genghis Khan in a sporting goods store. Joan Just, of Arc teaching aerobics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Beethoven, um, just he figures out what an electric piano is, and it blows his fucking mind. <laughs> also, Liam. Honestly, Lucas, I do think it's a movie that. The more I've thought about, it, I'm like, it's a movie I think you'd like. You'd love it. It's really funny and so dumb. And honestly, the things Perfect. that we told you are just like one-off scenes it really doesn't ruin the movie um liam there's that scene in in bill and ted face the music where they go to get mozart um yeah mozart's in that movie um and they go to pick up mozart and you know what his line is he so he says in german i believe it's german right yep yeah yeah he says he basically says are um who in here is the horniest woman 
<laughs> and then starts playing. He's like, I'm playing this song for the horniest woman or something along that. And then he starts playing the piano. And then Jimi Hendrix and him have a have a music off. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it's great. It's a good time. Good trilogy. But yes, Liam, I do agree with you. It's a. It it wasn't until like what two or three years ago that I had rewatched it with you. Yeah, because I think I showed it to you for the first time, like uh, when uh, I'd seen it um, when I was a kid. But I watched Bogus Journey a lot more as a kid than I did Excellent Adventure. Yeah, because well, you had more access to Bogus Journey. I think it was when you and I first started hanging out because I had a copy of it. Right. Yeah, and then we watched it. So it wasn't until I was like a, a young adult that I actually really learned to appreciate it. Now I watch it all the time. <laughs> this is good. It's good shit. I think the the last movie on my list is kind of the one exception to the nostalgia rule mm. that I kind of set up before. Uh, and last Jedi. Is... No. <laughs> uh, it is Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, damn it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> damn it. That's a great one. Yeah, I get, I get, I get, so I, I, I get a lot of, of watching that movie. If, when, when I'm feeling down, I watch the Leap of Faith scene, and then I'm happy again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. The only problem I run into with End of the Spider-Verse, but, and this is just something where I'm like, history's just going to have to take a wait-and-see approach for me on this one, is just the fact that I'm like, given I love it, everybody loves it so much and whatnot, and it's been such a talking point among all of my friends and everybody, but for a while I just got kind of sick of it. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah it's like... It's kind of like how, as much as I love This Is America and whatnot, like the fact that everybody's house where I'd go to or whatnot, and it was the only thing that would ever play, I'd be like, there are other things out there, guys. <laughs> Remember when you would walk into literally any store when Spider-Verse came out, and it would be like, and you're like, oh, Sunflower's on. I never noticed, but that's just me. I don't leave the house, so. I would even hear it when I'd go to the grocery store. Little did you know, guys, we've actually been doing this show um, from the future, and Lucas has just seen every movie ever, and he actually <laughs> hasn't left the house. So every, we've actually done every single episode of the show consecutively I'm, I'm, yeah. since the conception. Yeah, when when the I show. say I haven't seen a movie, I'm just lying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, he's lying. seen it all. He's just waiting yeah. for the right time to bring it up on the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I— episode, I'll, I'll make a grand entrance where I'm like, I saw this movie finally, but it was actually 300 years ago. Right. And it yeah. was that movie was three hundred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Spider Verse is a great choice. I because it is it is probably one of the more modern ones we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a one that I wanted to bring up, but just the kind of we, moot point at this point is Force Awakens because it's one of oh, my yeah. f- favorite movies of mm-hmm. all time, and I've seen it like seventy fucking times. Um, but like Spider Verse is is definitely more modern than that, and it it. It's great because it, it it shows that comic book movies can be very very complex, but also so simple at the same time. You know, and just like dealing with like com- complexity doesn't mean being like really intense or like being really, uh, what is it like, uh, introspective and uh, uh, was it like having a very uh, intense approach to it? Like it kind of showed that like you can have like this really meaningful stuff but it's like no we're we're still gonna have fun yeah like we're still yeah. gonna be and and i love that it's a, it's a comic book movie that's not ashamed to be a comic book movie it 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 it, it, it like it, it embraces it and it like it loves the fact that it's a comic book movie it, it looks you know, like which, a comic book and like, it yeah, took us a, a long time to really figure that out with comic book movies mm-hmm. uh-huh yeah i think they have to be animated for that to work oh but, i yeah. agree uh, um 
yeah, even a movie like The Warriors, which is not a comic book movie, the director's cut tries to make it look like a comic book, and it kind of mm. works, but also kind of ruins the, the 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 original cut of the film. Oh yeah. Um. But yeah. Well, look at us. Even despite a nice little technical error there in the middle of the show, um, which I don't know what I'm going to put there. I'll probably just put like a dancing monkey or something. And like, well, technical <laughs> difficulties. Just put the stupid monkey icon or something like yeah. that. I'll, yeah, I'll just put a freeze frame of all of us. Yeah, like that. <laughs> so yeah, those of you at home, you are not. Those of you listening at home, you are not going to get to see this. So I do suggest if you ever get an opportunity to go check us out on the YouTube channel, which we'll plug at the very end of the show, which is coming yeah. up right after. This is cool Wars. There it is. Um, Liam, <laughs> do you, do we want to let's surprise everybody again? Another yeah. mystery, mystery box number two. Uh, all right. Well, we'll see you all in a moment or two. I think I'm just going to leave a lot of that. <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens right. at the edit. Anyway. All right, we're back to the Thundercast. Uh, I don't know why I said it like that, but we're back. Um, <laughs> hey, everybody, welcome Before back. Ra radio show host. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, put a fart sound in. <laughs> shock, 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 DJs. Uh, if you've listened to our last episode, pretty much. Uh, anyway, uh, today we are doing another installment of Cool Wars. Cool Wars. Cool Wars. Yeah, I kind of thought we were over. Everybody doing it, but that's cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, today's Cool Wars is... Uh, do Should we do the rules? Fuck it. The rules of Cool Wars is it's two people that are cool based off of a list that's entirely decided by us that is totally arbitrary and has no, no weight or balance in any sort of scientific... Um, format, whatever. Um, the, they are going up against each other to decide who is cooler than the other person. They are not physically fighting, and the definition of cool is a number of different things that I'm sure if you went and onto the Google machine and you typed in cool, you'd be able to find the definition and multiple other definitions of that. So today's Cool Wars is Liam. First, we our Cool War is, uh, was it John Wick? Uh, was it from the John Wick movies versus Jack Taken? From the Taken movies. That's right, Jack Taken, uh, and John Wick. I, did, I had to take a second there. <laughs> okay, I'm just collecting myself because this is a very good yeah. matchup. Um, yeah, okay, do you have the timer, Liam? Uh, let me get it started. Put uh, what is it? Twelve minutes or ten minutes on the clock? Ten minutes. Ten it's minutes. amazing how well you don't know our own clock. show. I know, right? <laughs> Holy shit! All it's right. like we haven't done it in a month. <laughs> All right, put All it right. on the clock. Ten minutes, and here Three, we two, one, go. go. All right. Um, so what's great about both of these guys is that they have moved one for for one. The movies are named after them, so you know what mm -hmm. you're getting involved with this, right? You know. Well, we also have. They also, as of now, both have three movies. That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah, they, they got their own trilogies. Yeah, John, also, John, John Wick, Wick trilogy and the, and the Jack Taken trilogy. John Wick Chapter Two. John Wick Chapter Three Parabellum. Um, then we have Taken, Taken Two, and Take Three. And take in. Three in. Take Three in. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked if they're if Taken gets a third or sorry a fourth installment at some point. It had point. a short-lived uh, TV series. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, I didn't know. That. Is is Jack the lead in that one too? Uh, I believe so, but he's not played by Liam Neeson. No, Liam Neeson oh, okay. is, is so good in as as Jack Taken. 
Um, he is. He's very good. That, that that monologue he gives, like in the first one. Oh, I will find is, you. Yeah, and exactly. I will kill you. That's a great monologue, and he's fucking ice cold in it. It's great. And it does kind of rival the um, John Wick on the phone bit too, where he's <laughs> where he's just where he's talking to the mob boss guy, where he's like, "Hello, John." Hello, John. Yeah. Hello, John. Let us not resort to our basic instincts. Let <laughs> yeah. us solve this like civilized men. Just hangs up. He killed my dog. <laughs> um, also, with uh, Mr. Wick and Mr. Taken, they're both also kind of similar characters. Yeah, for, for both sure. people who have been in retirement for a while, and as a result, with a due to a conflict with a with a uh, loved one, they have to go and uh, I was it go back into action and deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one because his daughter is kidnapped, and one because someone killed his dog. So I haven't seen all the Taken films, but. Jack's daughter is is um, kidnapped in all three, or is he no, in taken the, in the third one? In the he's second taken, one, right? He gets taken <laughs> along with his wife, and uh, in uh, the third one, he gets framed for his wife's murder, and the movie just rips off a fugitive. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. So no one's does, take- does he say at point at some point? I didn't kill my wife. And the cop says, "I don't, I don't care. I don't care." No. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I would I would argue at this for this. Uh, John Wick has the better movies, even if I don't really like them all that much. Sure. Uh, the first Taken is 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 thrilling. It's it's very fun, and Liam Neeson uh, uh, delivers that ice cold monologue, which is the one thing that everybody remembers from that movie. Oh yeah. Uh, John Wick, however, is Keanu Reeves. Very, uh, but and Keanu Reeves is 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 cool. Liam Neeson's is like the original Keanu Reeves, though. No, <laughs> Liam Neeson. No, Liam Neeson is the first of this whole thing where it's like. Uh, Oh shit! I forgot how badass this guy could be. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. A lot of people thought the first take. Liam Neeson thought the first Taken was probably going to go straight to DVD when he was making mm-hmm. it. Oh really? Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. See, for me, John is really cool because he just doesn't stop. He he can't he does he can't give up. And when he does slow down, he like takes five minutes to breathe. Because what is it? Is it in uh, the third one where they both stop fighting for a second? To catch their breath. Yeah, they wind up right of a continental. Well, in both in the second one and in the third one, there are points where they're at the front of a continental and they just sit down and have a drink or whatnot. Right, because they're not allowed to fight in there. Um, but so I don't know very much about what Jack Taken does in the rest of the other Taken films, but um, they're both very. Uh, Jack Taken is a lot more strategic and methodical in the way he does things, like. There's this stupid fucking scene in the second one where he needs his daughter to figure out where he is, so she just he just has her throw grenades off her roof so he could hear where she is and he could figure out what. <laughs> what the hell? I'm gonna put her in danger. I, I forgot. I, I've basically forgotten everything that happens in Taken Two and Three. To be honest, I forgot most of the things that happen in Taken One. I feel like monologue. that says a lot about who's <laughs> going to win this fight. I think what uh, the, there is one major problem with Jack Taken, and it's a problem that another guy named Jack started, which is uh, that being Jack Bauer, which is uh, encouraging the idea that torture works and is it effective. Yeah, sure. Mm, yeah, because there is a scene in the first Taken where. Uh, Jack Taken does torture a guy. Like he literally like has these those like things that he just starts like he starts shocking him and whatnot, oh, stabbing yeah, into yeah, his yeah. hands. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember and I that. mean, for me, that's always very off putting. 
Yeah, John, John. There's there's some torture scenes in John Wick, but John Wick's never the one doing the torture. Right? Yeah, no, John's getting tortured at one point in the first one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah. And 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 like to me, the choreography in John Wick is 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 like the reason people go to see those movies for the most part. Oh, it's unbelievable, Keanu. especially like in the third buttons. one. The third one it's has like some modern, of the best choreography I've ever seen in a movie. It's like yeah. modern day Buster Keaton shit. Yeah, but violent yeah, as fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, way more violent. Yeah, like, <laughs> and not uh, comedic. John Wick has kind of become one of a great new silent film stars almost because he's a very much a man of few words. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's funny how you said not comedic, Lucas, because in the third one there is a very comedic moment. There are, uh, it's so early in the movie; it's not really a spoiler, but he kills a guy with a fucking book. <laughs> oh right, yeah, with yeah. a with a goddamn book, <laughs> and it's really it's great. It's pretty cool. Um. Yeah, I um, don't I mean, think Jack Taken has killed anybody with a fucking book. I guess what no. is kind of cool about, on the one hand, what is kind of cool about Jack Taken is it shows how far a father is going to go to protect his kid or whatnot. And yeah. like, mm-hmm. but um, the cool thing about John Wick is it shows you how far you're willing to go to, um, continue to to support the name of a loved one slash your dead dog. You know, like yeah. he he goes f- ham. He goes hard he as does. a motherfucker. Like he does. He's he, he like fucking goes into a barbarian barbarian rage and doesn't stop for yeah. three movies. And like- <laughs> also after that, like uh, in the next mo- in the next movie, like John very much just after he's dealt with all of that, he just wants to go back to his retirement and hang out, just chill with his new pit bull, play- <laughs> just play live at his house. <laughs> yeah, maybe watch the Taken movies. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, oh man, I think I have my answer. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Liam, you wanna, you got yep. your answer? Yep. All right, let's stop the clock. Right. All right, on the count of three, ready? One, one, two, two, three. three. John, John Wick. John Wick. Yeah. <laughs> Not nothing against. Jack. Yeah, no, nothing no against Jack Taken. To Jack Taken. Like, have you guys ever noticed like how many action stars are named Jack? You know? Yeah, Jack and John. There's a lot of Jacks and Johns. Jacks and, J- and a lot of like JCs too. But that's a that's its own <laughs> that's a thing for its own on its own day. Like John McClane, right? Yeah. Jack Bauer. Uh, John Matrix. John Matrix. You know. Yeah. John, John Rambo. John yeah. Rambo. Yeah. John Christian. <laughs> John Lucas. John Jack Liam. <laughs> yeah. John Kimball. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man. What's Arnie's name in um in Jingle All the Way? Howard. Oh. <laughs> Not an action. That's the star. least Arnie name I've ever heard. <laughs> you're, you're an you're a uh, Austrian bodybuilder and they Businessman. They named you Howard. <laughs> anyway. So this has been the Thundercast for this week. Uh, if you liked what you heard, be sure to go follow us on uh, social media. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We are Thunder Lizard Collective. On Twitter, we are Thunder Lizard OG. And our Patreon page is uh, patreon.com slash Thunder Lizard. Uh, again, if you did like what you heard, be sure to tell a friend. Follow us on, and like us on Spotify. Give us five tunes, five stars on iTunes. Five tunes on five stars. Oops. <laughs> Give us five stars on iTunes and the equivalent on any other streaming platform. Um, share us on social media. That'd be cool, too. Um, just a plug for our Patreon sponsors. I'd like to thank Kate, Tanya, Brittany, Scott, and Manos. Again, thank you for all your continued support. If you would, I, as mentioned before, if you would like to join the, uh, the Thunder Lizard Patreon, make sure you go to patreon.com slash Thunder Lizard. Um, this has been the Thundercast for this week. My name is Christian. My name is Lucas. 
And I'm Liam. See ya. So, Christian, who is Jack Taken? He's the lead. He's Liam Neeson and Taken. Did you do yeah. any of a research on who Jack Taken is? Oh, fuck no.